There is something satisfying about saying the words 1212 to describe a date. The days are running out when saying 22 immediately afterward would describe the present or the future rather than the past. How many more installments of Charlottesville community engagement will there be between the arrival of baby 23? Follow along for the answer to that specific question. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, the first candidate has filed for the vacant House District 54 seat for Charlottesville and Urban Albemarle. Governor Glenn Youngkin sets the date for a special election for Virginia's vacant seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Charlottesville wants input from residents on a series of questions. There's grant funding for anyone who wants to do a cultural project for sister cities. And Albemarle supervisors and the school board continue to discuss ways to pay for capital costs for education infrastructure. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Friends of Charlottesville Downtown and the Charlottesville Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau want you to visit the Central Place on the Downtown Mall Saturdays and Sundays in December for Magic on the Mall from noon to 4 p.m. Festive family activities include selfies with Santa on Saturdays, music on the mall at 2 p.m. on Sundays, and the Peppermint Trail, where you can find all sorts of treats, ride the holly trolley, or go on a magical scavenger hunt to find the elves in Seaville by starting at Charlottesville Insider, or download that guide online. For a full list of participating businesses and locations, visit friendsofseaville.org. Albemarle County School Board member Katrina Coulson has filed with the Virginia Department of Elections to be a candidate in the House of Delegates District being vacated by Sally Hudson. Coulson is seeking the Democratic nomination for the open seat. Coulson was elected to represent the Rio District on the school board in 2017 in a competitive race in which she secured about two-thirds of the vote. She ran unopposed in the 2021 election and works for the city of Charlottesville as a deputy city attorney. Hudson is challenging Senator Cree Deeds in the Democratic primary for Senate District 11. Two Democrats are seeking the nomination for House District 55, where the incumbent is Republican Rob Bell. They are emergency room nurse Kellen Squire and former member of the Charlottesville School Board Amy Lawfer. There will be a special election on February 21, 2023, in the localities within Virginia's 4th Congressional District to choose a successor to the late Donald McEachin. McEachin died on November 28th. He had just won re-election to another term by defeating Republican Leon Benjamin with nearly two-thirds of the vote. The late congressman was first elected to the House of Representatives in 2016, after serving for many years in both houses of the Virginia General Assembly. People who are seeking to be candidates in the special election have until December 23rd to file. Are you a Charlottesville resident and do you have between 17 and 18 minutes? That's the amount of time suggested that you will need to fill out a community survey between now and December 22nd. Here's Deputy City Manager Ashley Marshall at the December 5th City Council meeting. We really do look forward to hearing from the community. 
The survey's website is run by a firm called Polco, and respondents will be asked to provide an email and a zip code. The city will not have access to any of that data, but it's asked to make sure that individuals from the community are who's answering the survey. So we can make sure we're really getting our community members' responses, not someone in California, for example. Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers said the results will influence policy in the near term. This information will be another layer uh, that will go into our strategic plan. Households at random have also been selected to fill out a paper survey. Charlottesville has either four or five sister cities, depending on whether you include Plevin, which is now considered to have emeritus status. But the Bulgarian city is definitely not one of the four places eligible for a grant from the Sister Cities Commission for projects to make cultural connections. Here's a section from a press release that went out this morning. Past grants have supported initiatives in the visual arts, music, municipal services, digital communications and connectivity, education, literary fields, sports, photography, and more. Organizations and individuals can apply for up to $4,000, and there's a total of $24,000 available. The deadline to apply is January 13, 2023, and if you're selected, you'll have to give a full report. The three official sister cities are... Poggio a Caiano in the Tuscan region of Italy, Winneba on the coast of Ghana, Besançon, France, and Wewetenango in Guatemala. That last one is considered a friendship city at the moment, and sister city status is pending. To apply and learn more, visit the Sister City Commission website. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. Today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement goes out to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and the occasional private program. It's located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union. Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle might one day operate year-round Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org slash donate. Last week, the Albemarle School Board met with the Board of Supervisors for a work session on financial planning that will be required to help cover the school system's request for $318 million over five years to build two new schools, buy land for a third, and renovate existing schools. I wrote up the details of this request last week, and this next piece captures the discussions of how to pay for it. That part of the conversation began with a note from Andy Bowman, the chief of the county's Office of Management and Budget, about changing one policy. Currently, Albemarle seeks to cap the percentage of debt service to revenues below a certain amount. Bowman said one scenario would be to expand that to 8%. If we went to 8%, there would be another $37 million on the county's financial policies that could be borrowed. 
that capacity is not planned for at this time because as everyone at this table knows very well, that is not free money. And we have to think about the other financial side of not just the borrowing, but how that gets repaid. The county could go up to 10%, but that would take away funding that could otherwise go to other operational projects. No decisions have to be made this early in the process, but the discussions were intended to inform staff on potential direction. Nelsie Birch is the county's chief financial officer. This is not the end and the final decision for any of the schools or other needs that we have. Um, these discussions really are a way to inform Mr. Richardson, who has to present a balanced budget to the Board of Supervisors in February. One option would be to raise the real property tax rate from the current one of 85.4 cents per $100 of assessed value. However, Birch said rising assessments have already brought in additional revenue. Um, the board always has the opportunity or the option to increase tax the tax rate. Heard today that we have effectively increased taxes um, in 2023 to the equivalent of 9.9 cents. You just didn't increase the tax rate. Another option would be a local sales tax dedicated to capital construction, but that avenue is closed, likely as long as the Republican Party holds one of the two houses in the General Assembly. Legislation to allow localities to hold referendums on an increase without state permission failed in a House of Delegates committee last February. In Virginia, school boards have no power to raise taxes themselves. That's entirely up to the Board of Supervisors or city councils. But school boards do prioritize what they want to have built. Kate Acuff, school board member for the Jack Jewett District, said her elected body has opted to proceed with the creation of two high school centers because that is a cheaper option than building a new school. The first center is in operation at Seminole Place, and a second will be built on county-owned land at Mill Creek. We have, you know, on our side, you made a huge effort to economize in terms of, you know, capital costs. Acuff also said the county has other initiatives it could appeal to justify some expenses, such as installing more costly geothermal systems for heating, rather than building cheaper boilers. How wedded to a climate action plan is the county, because it's cheaper for us to build a school that's not as efficient. Supervisor Diantha McKeel noted that there are $16.8 million in projects identified to help improve the Lambs Lane campus, where she said about a quarter of the student population attends. She noted that some of the improvements are road projects, and supervisors might seek funds in different areas. To be a little innovative about this, let's look at how we can work together, perhaps using revenue sharing money, smart scale funding, uh, transportation funding from the Board of Supervisors to, to make perhaps that happen. But the Board of Supervisors need to talk about that first. Both McKeel and Ned Galloway were on the school board before being elected as supervisors. Galloway had a series of questions. First, he wanted to know if the tax rate would need to be increased to achieve that $37 million in additional revenue that Bowman had mentioned. As it is today, we'd have to increase taxes how much? Birch and Bowman said 1.5 cents dedicated to capital would cover the additional debt service, but they would need to do further analysis. To fully fund the $318 million request would require a much higher rate increase, but the finance staff did not have the exact numbers. 
Galloway also said the county and school board should consider working on some items together. For instance, there is a $1.7 million request from the school board for fiscal year 24 for a data center. Galloway suggested that could be reviewed as part of a larger countywide study. The supervisors will be getting a facilities study that's going to be coming to us with next steps and recommendations about how we use our space. That includes land on Burkmar Drive Extended given to the county and the school board as a proffer that has not yet been programmed. Another item not yet known include the results of the 2023 assessment. At the end of the meeting, school board chair Graham Page listed items he would like to have. I would like to uh, possibly have like um, some pros and cons about a tax referendum, what would be some pros, some good points for having it, and then some cons, some bad points for having it, if possible. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors will further continue discussion of the five-year financial plan at their meeting on Wednesday. But right now, welcome to the end of this installment, which I suspect may be the least read and least heard part of the newsletter. This is where I am more likely to include secret messages, but rest assured, this is only for the purposes of wordplay. I hope to publish a newsletter every day this week as there's a lot to go through before we get to the end of the year. I do plan to slow down for the week of Christmas, but I can assure you the world will not stop moving. Thank you to all of the various people who are supporting the work with a paid subscription. You can join them on Substack and Ting will match your initial payment. Either way, do consider Ting for high-speed internet. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you will get free installation, a second month for free, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall, and my support and happiness. Thank you to Bree Luck for the audio help with a soundbite today, including some pronunciations for those communities we mentioned in the Sister Cities part. In return, here's her shout out to a nonprofit that would go to Live Arts as well as the Blue Ridge Abortion Fund. You can check out links to those in the newsletter. Thanks for listening and back tomorrow.